Welcome everybody and uh, I have just had the best time at family vacation this year plus I think we ordered up the nicest weather for you all possible. Uh, this has definitely been the warmest one and uh, it's just 75 degrees on the beach perfect. If we can have this every year that'd be great. Um, how many of you struggle with pride? Raise your hand. Great, every hand rose because I was going to say, if nobody, if somebody did not raise a hand, I was going to say, you are too proud to admit that you struggle with pride. Um, we all struggle. I know, and I have the most wonderful, humble, gentle wife in the world that puts up with me. And uh, away from campus ministries, sometimes when we're at home, I can be obstinate. I can say things that don't sit well with my wife because I just kind of let myself go. And sometimes I just have to be right. And so I am prideful. And my wife is so wonderful in putting up and dealing with me. And then when I, when I say something I shouldn't and she just lets it roll off her back and just says, I love you, sweetie. I'm just like, forgive me. I love you. Thank you so much for letting me see the error of my ways in being prideful. But there are times that we say things we don't mean. We think things we shouldn't. Uh, we're talking about how we need to glorify God all the time and put Him first in everything. And that's really what makes everything click, whether we're talking about our family or our Christian family or reaching out to the world. None of it works right unless this is right. Right, church? So this has got to be right for all these relationships to be right. And if all these relationships are right, the way God wants them to be, and we humbly love our brothers and sisters in Christ, even when they snore all night long. Not, my, not what my wife did, but uh, I remember rooming with Robbie here uh, in, Robbie <laughs> in Miami. That's right. I'll throw you right under the bus. Robbie's one of our ministry leaders. He does an awesome job, but he snores, and sometimes he's just like, Robbie! And, but we can be prideful about so many things, or make it about us, or just let things get in the way, but we need to humbly and lovingly accept one another in order for the world to see God, in order to bring more people to the family and the family vacation. Um, let me move on here to telling you guys what Paul says in Philippians chapter 3. Listen to these words. For it is we who are the circumcision, we who serve God by Spirit, who boast in Christ Jesus, and who put no confidence in the flesh, though I myself have reasons for such confidence. Why was Paul having reasons for such confidence in the flesh? If someone else thinks they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more, Paul says. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, not to mention that he was a Roman citizen and had the rights of a Roman citizen, uh, in regard to the law, a Pharisee doing everything right by the religious world standards of the time. As for zeal, persecuting the church. But that was looked upon well by the religious world. As for righteousness based on law, faultless. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for Christ. What is more, and I love these words coming up, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus as my Lord. Was Paul humbled? Absolutely he was humbled. And he is so proud in the fact that he knew Jesus. There's a difference between being prideful in a selfish, sinful way. And if you guys think of every sin out there, imaginable, they all center from what? 
selfishness and pride. Taking things out of God's timing and putting things on our timing. But God, I want it now. Sex outside of marriage? Ah, God, I want it right now. You know? Taking somebody's life, which is the worst imaginable sin, taking things, we're all going to die someday, but that's taking things out of God's timing. This is what Paul goes on to say. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own, it's not about me, that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ. There's a difference between just knowing about Christ and knowing Christ. I'll say it again. There's a difference between knowing about Christ and knowing Christ. Having that personal relationship with Him. There's a lot of people that know about Christ. We even meet atheists on campus sometimes when we're tabling and talking to others, don't we, Robbie? That know about Christ, that have heard his words, and that have still a, cons a contorted view of him. We as Christians can even know about Christ, and it's obviously good for us to be in the Word to know about him, to but the idea is not just to know about him, but to know him. Uh, growing up, I was a big MJ fan. Michael Jordan loved him. Still thinks he's way, still think he's way better than LeBron. But as far as Michael Jordan, there's a lot of people that know about Michael Jordan. Well, unless you're living a, under a rock, you've known about the greatest basketball player to ever play the game. But there's very few people that actually know Michael Jordan. But it's different with Christ. There's a lot of people that know about him. But you, my Christian family, you know him. And you should know him intimately. It's all about him if we want to be humble and stay away from pride. Listen to these words from Peter. 1 Peter 5, 5-6. All of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another because God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. How many of you want to be in opposition to God? No, Robbie, put your hand down. <laughs> we do not want to be in opposition to God. And to be in opposition to God, just be proud. It's good to be proud about our Christian relationship with our relationship with God and our Christian relationships in this room. It's good to be proud about our changed lives that only come through Christ. But it's not good to have pride. And there's a difference between being proud of who God has changed us to be, who God has made us to be, and there's a difference between that and having pride. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. And let me tell you, it's all on God's timing. I got some guys, some old guys in my campus ministry that are like, man, I just want to get married. I can't, why can't I find the right Christian girl? And I'm like, you're surrounded by them. Look around. But there's some guys that want it right now. They, they want to take things out of God's timing. And I said, hey, look, I didn't meet Julie till I was 35. I was engaged at 25. Thought I had met the right girl. Was so happy, so excited, but it was not God's timing. She broke up with me. I was a wreck. I was like, oh, God, why did you bring me so far in a relationship? And it not meant to be. No, Josh went through the same thing. Older in life, we meet the right girl. All on his timing. Thanks, you did good too. All on God's timing. Make sure 
that you cast all your anxiety on him because, church, he cares for you. Knowing this and knowing him, that should make us the humble people we need to be. When we're proud, we're outside of God's will. And we're actually in opposition to him. Ooh. Okay, watch out for pride. Yes. Yeah, thanks. God did good for us. That's right, that's right. <laughs> we didn't do good. We, we definitely married up. Kerry Cox in the back, he married up. You married up, Josh, I married up. God did good. God brought us to the right person on his perfect timing. Here's three key insights I want you guys to get out of this class. One, the wrapping of our lives. What is your life? What's wrapped around your life? Is it Christ? Is that what people see in you? Or is it you? Is that what people see in you? They're like, oh, here he comes again, talking all about himself. Like, oh, hey, good to see you. Uh, like, or are people excited to see you because they see Christ in you? Does the world have a chance to get to know him because they know you? What is the wrapping of your life? We see car wrappings, cars wrapped with advertisements all the time. People were driving around Gainesville, Florida with all these cars wrapped because they get paid for it. I'm still not sure how to do it. I'm like, how do you do that? How do you do that? I'll, I'll wrap my car in something. Red Bull gives you wings. Great. <laughs> Pay me to drive my car. Fantastic. How do you do that? What is the wrapping of your life? What does that look like? And two, how we locate ourselves in relation to God and others. Do you have the right order? Remember as a little kid, sometimes you learn that thing, joy, the acronym, Jesus, others, yourself. Where are you in location to God and others? Is it you, Jesus, others? Or is it Jesus, you, and a little bit of others. I'll take what I learned here at Family Vacation and sprinkle it around a little bit. Or is it in proper order, Jesus, others, you? If you have it in proper order, you will have joy in your life. If you have it in any other order, forget about it. You'll still be sad and proud. 2017 Maris poll. For the first time in 10 years, this poll's changed. Let me tell you how. Top five uh, in this poll of New Year's resolutions. How many of you guys made a New Year's resolution? Anybody? Yeah, me, Kerry. All right, a few, four, five. All right, here in the last 10 years, number one's been weight loss, and number two has been exercising more. For the first time, 2017, could be a better year overall for everybody. Being a better person, bang! 16% of Americans want to be a better person then lose weight, and then exercise more, and then about those spending habits, 7% want to spend less money and save more, and then of course fives related to two and three, eating healthier. The problem with New Year's resolutions, do you guys know how long a New Year's resolution lasts? On average? 27 days. Do you know why it only lasts 27 days? Because there's no detail to it. People are like, yep, I want to be a better person. Great. What does that look like? You guys know what it looks like. It's about knowing Christ. It's about having Christ in your life. That's what makes you a better person. It's about paying attention to every detail of his word. It's about studying with one another, sharpening one another, discipling others. That's what it's about. That's how you be a better person. You want to be less prideful and humble and accepting of everybody else around you and loving the world but not tolerating their sin but bringing them 
to know God and into the church. You want these, our churches to grow and blow up like they should. Well, then it's about not just generically being a better person, but it's about paying attention to Scripture and being a better person through Christ, through knowing Him. You may be prideful if you are, listen to these, having a strong desire to do my will than God's will. Number two, leaning too much on my own understanding and experience rather than seeking God's guidance through prayer and His Word. Man, guys, we struggle with this too. I got this. I, I got this. <laughs> I got this, Julie. And then the thing's even more broken. I'm like, I don't got it. All right, forget it. I didn't have it to begin with. Don't lean too much on your own understanding and experience. Rather, seek God's guidance. You may be prideful if you are relying on my own strengths and abilities instead of depending on the power of the Holy Spirit. Being more concerned about controlling others than in developing self-control. How many of you control freaks? Raise your hand. I am a big control freak. I struggle with this. Carrie knows that I struggle with this. I know that Carrie struggles with this. We are control freaks. I must be in control, but I can't be in control. God's got to be in control for me to stave off pride. Being too busy doing important things to take time to do little things for others. But by the way, I wanted to say something. 2016 has been the hardest time for my family. Uh, just like Mackie's dad, my, both my parents, uh, this time last year, just before, and then I found out about my dad just after family vacation that both of them have cancer. So this year has been crazy for us as far as my parents go. The good news is my mom is in remission. Uh, my dad is close to there, but it's been awesome to know that God is in control. I've had to let go of everything that I thought, I, and plus spending so much time in St. Pete, I've had to turn over more of the campus ministry duties over to my servant leaders, to people to just go and do, to say, hey, Robbie, just take this over. Hey, so-and-so, take over this event. Hey, so-and-so, take over that event. But giving it over more and more to people and remembering that God's in control. I'm not. And then I've completely flipped over. Uh, I feel like a new leaf as far as my OCD-ness. Maybe not, but <laughs> to a certain degree, making sure God has more control in my life. Being too busy doing important things to take time to do little things for others. We can be all about God's business, but miss this chance with a brother or sister where you're like, how you doing? Not so good. All right. Okay. You know, like, whoa, wait, what? You know, like, be here now is what our college deacon Darren always says. When you're with somebody, be here now, whether it's a brother or sister that needs you or somebody in the world that needs to hear about Jesus. Be focused on them. Be here now. Forget about everything else. It's not that important, okay? It's not that important. But wait, there's more. Having a tendency to think that I have no needs. Finding it hard to admit when I'm wrong. Struggle with that. Being more concerned. Yep, I know you do, Robbie. Being more, being more concerned about pleasing people than pleasing God. Being concerned about getting the credit I feel I deserve, which has a lot to do with the thing above it. Being more concerned about pleasing people than pleasing God. How many of you are people pleasers? Stop it! You know, we want to make sure, just was like in the lesson, uh, that Robert gave, we, we're all about Facebook, we're all about those likes, we're all about those, you know, do, what do people think about me? Forget that. If we walk into a room, we should be like, 
How are these souls doing? What can I do to encourage them? What can I do to encourage them to be more like Christ? Thinking I am more humble, spiritual, religious, or devoted than others. This is a scary thing where we think, oh man, I'm doing good. <laughs> and then it goes back to, I'm doing good rather than God is doing amazing things through me. Thank you, God. That's what keeps us humble. Being driven to obtain recognition by attaining degrees, titles, or position. You guys are right now trying to get that undergraduate degree or that graduate degree or that technical degree or whatever it is. Doesn't matter. All that matters is that you use that to glorify God. And whatever resources you gain through that to take care of your family and to take care of your Christian family and to take care of those in the world, great because you can take none of it with you. I shared with my campus ministry that my dad was recently taken out on a boat by his doctor. You see, my dad has been, as the doctors have been taking care of my dad through cancer, he's been like, I'm gonna evangelize to you, I'm gonna evangelize to you, and I'm gonna evangelize to you, because he's spending so much time there in the hospital. So each time he's with a doctor, they're like, I know it's coming. He's like, yeah, let me tell you about Jesus. And my dad's got a captive audience because he's there getting chemo or radiation. And one thing my dad did recently was he, took, he had the chance with my mom to go out, felt good enough to go out on a boat with one of the doctors, and it was his private yacht. And they went out, and they had a great dinner. And the doctor couldn't help himself. He was just like, yeah. I've worked really hard, I got this and this and my million dollar mansion and blah, blah, blah and this and this and this. And my dad, he's gotten super bold. He, he didn't used to be like this. He was pretty bold, but not as bold as he is now. And he was like, meaningless in the conversation, meaningless, it's all meaningless and started quoting Ecclesiastes. And the doctor was like, what are you talking about? I'm beating you on my boat. And he's like, I just want to tell you that none of this, because my parents are pretty well off too, you can take none of this with you. God gives, God takes away. None of this is going with you when you die. And the doctor was like, but the really cool thing is, he's open for a Bible study now. Praise God. Stick to your guns, be humble, and love people like we're supposed to. Here's what I want you to do. For two minutes, in groups of two and three, Name an area of pride in your life, so just get together with the person you're sitting next to, or if there's three of you clumped together, not four or five, because you'll not get through it, but two of you or three of you, pray about an area in which you've been too proud, something you need to let go and let God, something you need to give to God. And uh, you don't have to pray this prayer, but thank you for forgiving me for my pride. I choose to humble myself before you and others. I choose to place all my confidence in you and none in my flesh. In Jesus' name, amen. If you guys would just name an area of pride you want to, that you struggle with, you want to give up and completely give over to God and then pray for each other. Three minutes, go. Oh, it's fine. No, no, you got it. Yeah. It's no problem. Everything's good. I'm going to keep going now. Okay, let me fix this for you. Okay. Just taking a two-minute break. Uh, let them pray. Oh, good. Alright. Does that feel uncomfortable? Can I say the recorder real quick? Perfect. Thank you. Uh, when you're done, you don't have to worry about turning it off. 
just hand it to me, I'll take care of it. What's that? What's humble? What's humble? Means to uh, lower ourselves and not in our needs and then put God up here. Yeah. At least humble by God's standards. We'll give it just one more minute. If you did not get a chance to pray with those uh, next to you, it's okay because you're going to get a chance to get back in these groups in just a little bit. Philippians 2, 1 through 5, my favorite passage on humility that Paul writes about. Philippians 2, 1 through 5, imitating Christ's humility. Here you go. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, you guys have any encouragement from being united with Christ? Absolutely I do. Absolutely we do, church. We have so much encouragement. I come out of this weekend going, I am so encouraged. We need to take that encouragement and share that with others. If Bless you. If any comfort from his love, from his undying, unselfish love, in which he died for you, if you have any comfort from that, if any common sharing in the Spirit, which we all have, 
as fellow believers, if any tenderness, if any compassion, Paul almost gets humorous here saying, if you got any of this, and of course you do, of course you should, then make my joy complete. Oh, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness, if any compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded. How do we all get like-minded? How do we get all on the same page? This is what we're experiencing this weekend. Make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. Again, joy. Not looking to your own interests, it's not about me. It's not about what I want to do. It's not about where I want to eat lunch next. It's not about everybody wants to do this. Well, I'm going to do this. It's not about that. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationship with one another, have the same mindset of Christ. And I'll go ahead and read 6 through 11 here. Who being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. Jesus could have done that himself. Jesus could have been proud. Jesus could have sinned, but he chose not to because he values each of you way too much. How much do you guys value the world around you? How much do you value your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ? Is it about you or is it about them seeing Jesus in you? Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords got down on one knee and washed feet. Being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, what did God do for Jesus, his son? He exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, Every knee should bow because he humbled himself. Now we get to humble ourselves. We get to do this, church. In heaven, on earth, and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. All of you have confessed him or will confess him, but someday the entire world is going to confess him. And, it, and Paul keeps going here. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now, much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill His good purpose. Learn to be humble like Christ. One, don't be selfish. Two, don't be conceited. Three, value other people above yourself. Really, do you value other people above yourself? Or are you not annoyed by other people around you? <sighs> yes, we are, sometimes. And sometimes we lack sleep, and again, sometimes we say things we don't mean or think things we should not think. But how much do we value another soul to go to heaven with us? Look to other people's interests and if somebody would look up real quick for me, 1 John 2, 15 through 17. 
Everybody flip there. 1 John 2, 15-17, I'll have somebody read that in verse 29. If you are putting into practice these things, you will not fall prey to pride in your life. If you value these things. If you're putting into practice these things. Alright. Whoever's there, 1 John 2, 15-17, go. Do not love the world. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the cravings of sinful man, the lust of his eyes, and the boasting of what he has and does, comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but the man who does the will of God lives forever. The boasting of what we have and what we've done comes not from the Father, but from the world. Let's boast no more about those things, but let's boast about a relationship with Christ. Amen, church? Amen. All right, let's roll. Proverbs 4.23 Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Guard this. Guard it dearly. There's a lot of good movies out there. Actually, there's very few good movies out there. <laughs> but there's a, there's a lot of things that we can let in. We can become pleasure, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. We can become lovers of money rather than lovers of God. I know as a, as a campus minister, there's no retirement plan for me. I was talking to Carrie about this. I've talked to others about this. You know, we've got to set up our own retirement. I've got to like save, 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 save. So Julie and I, when we reach 60-something, you know, we'll have something and not rely on the government because Social Security may not be there then. Uh, but uh, the one thing that I can get caught up in is getting too focused on it to where it just, there's a, that fine line where it's like, okay, save a little make sure we're doing okay and that we're taking care of our family and, and helping take care of others and then taking it up a notch where I become consumed by it. There's so many things that are good in this world, but if we become consumed by them, that's where pride enters. Anything that knocks God out of first place in our lives, that's where pride enters the picture. So watch out for those things and watch your heart, guard your heart, entertainment, so much good Christian entertainment last night. I had a blast in here. Mackenzie and I were dancing. We are throwing the ball around. We were in here watching karaoke. There's so many good things that we can be pleased with and enjoy together. But there's so many things that are dangerous to watch out for. The first time you hop back in your car, leaving family vacation, turn on the radio, and there's an alternate message that is not of God that says, hey, go sleep with whoever you want, do whatever you want, make all the money, yay! <laughs> like, there's all, all these things we can uh, get tuned in right back into that penetrate our heart and change the message, and then guess what enters our life? Selfishness and pride. Keep those things out. The one thing I do, uh, I went through all of our CDs, I went through all of our movie collection, I went through everything, and uh, this is several years ago, but we just tossed out anything that even remotely hinted of something that was not of God. We kept a lot, but we threw out a lot too. So we wanted Mackenzie to be raised in a household that pleases the Lord first and foremost, and that's humble in that. Also, Matthew 12, verses 33 and 37, For out of the overflow of the heart the mouth speaks, did it ever dawn on us that what's coming out of our mouth is what was in us to begin with? You know, what we speak, what we say to others, is going to be a result of what we take in. Our intake equals our outtake. 
So again, what are you taking in? Are you taking in the messages of the world? Are you taking in the messages of God and finding every excuse possible to get in here and let that permeate what you do, what you say, how you speak in your public school classes, uh, whatever you do, wherever you go, how you speak to your neighbors, your friends. Do your neighbors annoy you? Or have you thought, man, I've talked to a people about Jesus, but I've never talked to the person right across the street or the person that lives above me or below me in my apartment complex. I've never talked to them. I see them every day, but I've never shared that, those words with them. We need to be ones that speak because the overflow of our heart is all about God. So the last thing I want to mention here is pride is revealed in our speech and attitudes. One, what's the wrapping of your life? Two, how, do, how are you located in relation to God and others? And three, pride is revealed in our speech and our attitudes. And we, as God's people, need to have an attitude of gratitude. Eternal gratitude. Gratitude so much that we can't help but be humbled and loving towards others and see them through the lenses of Christ. The parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector, Luke 18, 9-14. To some who were confident of their own righteousness, this is what, this is, oftentimes we skip over the first line and we just jump right into a story, but check this out. The, to some who are confident of their own righteousness and look down on everybody else, oh, I'm super religious, not like these guys that are less religious. Jesus told this parable, Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and one a tax collector. And how were tax collectors looked upon that day? Kind of like we want to look at the IRS today going, scumbags, give me back part of my paycheck. Give me back most of my paycheck. What are you doing? We, we, we don't think of people that collect taxes as very nicely. And in that day, especially not nicely because a lot of them were crooked and took from themselves after they gave to the Roman government took for themselves and so you're t and that could be adjustable so the taxes that were taken from you could be 30% or 40% or 50% depending on the tax collector that you dealt with so people knew they weren't honest and the holy religious people especially were like why would Jesus even associate with people like that this is what Jesus' parable goes on to say, The Pharisee stood up and prayed about himself, God, I thank you that I'm not like other men, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this guy. Like, who does that? Even like this tax collector over here, God. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. By the book, I do it all right. I am spot on. Was the Pharisee living in truth? Not really. Was he living in loving spirit? Absolutely not. He was not worshiping in spirit. And he had a twisted sense of truth. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven. So beaten down by the world. So humbled to come into the temple of God but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. How many of you have thought that or prayed that at one time in your life? I know I have. 
when we've given when we first gave it all over to God and how we continue to give it over to him God have mercy on me I am an idiot <laughs> I make so many mistakes I do so many stupid things father forgive me Julie forgive me you know forgive me I tell you that this man Jesus says rather than the other went home justified before God for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled and he who humbles himself will be exalted if you want that place in heaven humble yourself if you want that place in heaven help those around you be humble by your attitude and example and I'm telling you it's hard to do because the world tries to beat on us the enemy and there's only one enemy Satan he tries to attack us from every position but there's only one way to worship God and serve others and that's humbly alright get back in your groups this one's a tough one we know on Facebook we know in every medium of news uh, especially this past year uh, that there's been a lot of problems with prejudice, superiority, pride, my group's better than your group, you know, or sometimes we affiliate ourselves with uh, certain uh, parties or whatever it is uh, politically, and we say, well, my Christian life has nothing to do with, it. yes, it has absolutely everything to do with that. We need to make sure that our affiliation, first and foremost, is with God. And let that permeate how we see other people and not put people into groups or clumps or whatever it is, just as the world does, but to love every soul like Jesus did and does. But I want you guys to name an area of prejudice, superiority, or bigotry that the Lord brings to mind that we might struggle with. Share that with the other person. Might have been something that brought up in 2016. It might have been something that's been deeply planted in our prejudice for a while and you can pray this prayer you can pray a different prayer but father I confess and renounce the prideful sin of prejudice against fill in the blank thank you for your forgiveness Lord and ask I ask now that you would change my heart and make me a loving agent of reconciliation towards that group or those individuals in Jesus name amen if you would and then I will definitely give you like five minutes this time uh, so that you can pray over that, and if you didn't finish your prayer earlier, pray for each other in the single area of pride that you might struggle with. Go. All right. How many of you guys know my uh, daughter, Mackenzie? She just turned three. Now, check this out. This is the coolest thing uh, and one of the cutest things that had happened recently. Uh, Mackenzie, uh, for her birthday... I, uh, I gave her, well, her birthday's two days after Christmas, so there may have been one less gift under the tree. No, we did, we did got, we got an extra gift for her. But when we gave Mackenzie her gifts at Christmas, she goes to open the first one, and this even happened on her birthday too, she goes to open the first one, she looks at it, something she always wanted, which my whole world's turned pink, by the way, because I have a daughter who loves pink, she loves princesses, and she loves My Little Pony. She loves the My Little Pony called Pinkie Pie. And so I have so many Pinkie Pies around the house, it's ridiculous. I'm finding them under couches, different size Pinkie Pies. The students in our campus ministry are getting them for. But anyway, I'm getting off topic. So anyway, the first thing she opens is a pink princess riding a, uh, riding a Pinkie Pie. I'm like, oh my goodness, Mackenzie is in heaven right now. She's like, oh, 
this is so wonderful. At least that's a look in her face. And then she gets a really sad face and this frowny face and puts it back in the bag and hands it back to me. And I'm like, sweetie, what's wrong? This is, the, this is what you've wanted for months. Combined into one toy. <laughs> and she starts to cry and she says, here you go. I'm like, but baby, it's for you. It's your gift. She shovels it back to me and goes like this with a real pouty face. I'm like, no, you can keep it. See, the problem was for the last several months, every time we went into a toy store or anything that was remotely close to a toy store, I kind of wanted to see what she wanted, which I should have already known. I had a pretty good idea. But she would pick up something and I'd make her put it back. And so for the, all through the fall, she had picked up something, put it back, picked up something, put it back. So she didn't think she got to keep it. And I said, no, this is for you. You get to keep it. And finally, she goes, for me? <laughs> and then she, that little tear had run down her eye. And she was like, and she gives me a big hug and a big kiss. And a, I love you, daddy. And I'm like, oh my goodness, my heart's fixing to melt. Some people would call me thrifty. It melted. Some people would call me thrifty. My wife would call me cheap. But I'll tell you this. <laughs> that made my day because I thought about how that relates to us. How some of us have such a hard time or had such a hard time accepting Christ. Love, forgiveness, mercy. But we need to be just like my three-year-old and say, For me, God? For real? To not reject the gift, but to accept His greatest gift for us, His Son and our Savior, and His Holy Spirit. And we get this awe, we get eternal life, we get this awe, God? Yes. Micah 6, 8. He has showed you, oh man, what is good. You guys know what is good. You're experiencing what is good. You've experienced what is good and continue to experience that every single day God gives you breath and you get to wake up. You experience what's good. And what does the Lord now require of you? To act justly. That requires serving other people. To act justly. To make sure justice is brought out in your life. To love mercy. Again, that involves others. It's not just about self. We understand mercy, so we give away mercy. And to walk humbly with your God. To walk pridefully? No, then you got nothing out of this class. To walk humbly with my God. Let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord, we just thank you so much for this time together. This 50 minutes has flown by, Father. Lord, we just thank you so much for the opportunity to serve you every single day by humbly getting on our knees and going, God, for me? For real? I get all this? And I get to give it away to everybody else too? I'm not the only one that gets eternal life. Everybody has that opportunity to give it away to others, to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with you, Father is our mission in life. Because if we'll do those things, those are action words towards others. Towards others. So that they may be strengthened within our churches. And so those that are outside our churches that have not given their lives over to you may come to know you because we're there to humbly serve them, Father.
the girl that comes to service at lunch after church, who's having a hard day, who's a single mother, who's barely making ends meet, who's frustrated, who does not know what true joy is because they don't, she doesn't know you, Father. To treat that person with love, care, and respect. To act humbly. To tip even when they may not deserve a tip. And to leave an invitation to come to know the Savior of the world, Father. To walk humbly with neighbors that are obstinate sometimes. That we keep our distance from. But that we need to get to know. Humbly, Father. Even when we hate the things they do. We love him anyway because you first loved us through your Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ. And it's through his holy and precious name we pray. Amen. Amen.